In this episode, we interview Andrew Rickett from Job Skills Queensland. Be keen to um, just yeah have a chat to you about um, yeah the jobs and where you are currently as a business, and obviously Job Skills and and Binnacle. We'll cover a few of those different topics, but. Um, yeah, what, what should our kids, like our students who probably have lost their part-time jobs, um, yeah, and probably just any advice that we could share through our channels, like we're not just in the schooling space, but we also work with a lot of small businesses and families who are, you know, probably affected by um, COVID-19. But, yeah, how should people, we might kick it off with this question here, how should people and um, be trying to trying to obtain a job at this point in time? And, yeah, let's start with that one. Yeah, so um, I think probably the, the, the best way to um, find work at the moment is to understand what COVID's doing to um, businesses. So uh, there's a lot of work that was outsourced overseas that's now come back to Australia. So there are opportunities that are coming out of it, but there's also industries that are just in complete shutdown. So from my point of view, um, I work with a lot of hospitality and tourism businesses um, and that's, you know, off the books at the moment. It's, there's nothing, there's not a lot of opportunities there. There's apprentices getting laid off as chefs and things like that where, you know, two, three months ago there was um, thousands of vacancies across the, the state. So um, that that area has changed. So what I would say is to for those that have been just found themselves out of a job is to pivot to figure out, okay, well, this is not, the direction I can go at the moment, there's restrictions, there's been job losses in this industry, what are my skills, how can I use that to pivot into another job or into another industry? So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of um, job seekers out there as well, but um, I think being able to figure out how can I pivot from where I was into something else, into something different, and, and maybe accept that it's not going to be the ideal employment situation for me at the moment, uh, maybe there's less hours available at the moment, but uh, that's the reality of, of what it is like as far as the job seeking um, space at the moment. Yeah, and I suppose it might only be like this for the next six months and then obviously hopefully things go back to normal and those jobs then, yeah, hopefully reopen up and, and yeah, those top yeah, people can start to apply and put resumes out and do those types of things. Are you familiar with much of like the job seeker payments and those things, the stimulus package that the government have released? And have you yeah, yeah, done so, much into um, that? It comes down to eligibility. They, they've increased um, the spread of who's eligible for it. Um, so, you know, I, I'd imagine it's an Australian a citizen, someone that's uh, eligible for a new start or um, youth allowance, those type of um payment plans that's where it comes off the back of so uh, I definitely suggest anyone that is in a job seeking space to look into their eligibility into those things and and get into some sort of government support if they're eligible because it um, it does provide a bit of a, a safety net um, for those that have just lost work there's a lot of um, and the other stimulus there is the business side of things so small businesses do have um, other stimulus available for them as well to um, keep people employed um, in their businesses or to invest uh, with with some, uh, I think they've provided loans as well as uh, write-offs, I think, for, for tax incentives. So uh, lessening the burden for, for um, investing in things that they plan to do prior to COVID-19. So, um, but they just, they do a lot of means testing. It depends on the individual. 
Um, they'll they'll means test the person to see how adversely they've been affected by COVID, whether or not they had work or they had a business prior to that, and that they can apply for funding um, or for support uh, based on how they've been affected by it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a case by case, but um, I would, if I was someone that's just found themselves out of work, I'd definitely be looking into whether or not they're eligible to start off with and then to figure out um, what sort of support they can get. For sure. And is that something you've pursued for your job skills as well, that, given that you've lost uh, some business in the tourism and hospitality sector? Yeah, so I'll, I'll be going through the process of, of going um, getting some support in that regards for, for me because it has changed um, its pushback my work uh, through till June uh, from because yep. uh, I work with the Queensland Tourism Industry Council and they're, they're, they've had to push all of their programs back six months um, to, yeah, to deal with this at the moment. So, um, yeah, I'll be going for applying for that sort of funding as well for myself. And, yeah, and I suppose how have you pivoted in, in your day today? I know obviously we work together at Binnacle Training as well, like looking to try and pick, obviously you picked up some more hours there and looking to do a bit more and obviously support schools and, mm. yeah, best prepare our kids. Um, how have you found that that pivot or that shift? Yeah, I've been, I think the timing worked out quite well because I, I started with Binnacle um, before, just before the, uh, it started to spread a bit further around the world with the pandemic. So, um, but definitely um, trying to get more into the online space. So, as far as my business is concerned, I've, I'm trying to push my content online. So, I don't have to, a lot of my stuff before this was face to face. And that's the reason why I've had to, the projects have been pushed back six months, is because a lot of the delivery for these programs were face to face. So, I'm in the process of transitioning all of my content to online uh, with videos as well as uh, the learner content as well. So that's the plan at the moment, uh, which works, ties in really well with Binnacle because Binnacle is on the online side of things anyway. So it's giving me that skill set that I need to um, help my business push in that direction. So, yeah, no, that's very much a funding thing. <laughs> so. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, great timing. But I, I think you, you nailed it on the head there. I think a lot of businesses, um, if not, they're getting a wake-up call. They need to look at we're moving into a 21st century world where those, you know, we've, we've delivered at seminars in the last couple, um, collectively you and I, and we, we've spoken mm -hmm. about the, the, the power of the 21st century skills and obviously that's then translatable into the classroom. We know that collaboration is pivotal, is key. Uh, moving forward, whether that's utilising social media channels, um, you know, building resumes, being approachable, still those face-to-face -face skills are really important, but also mm -hmm. the way that you can search for information for a job, um, you know, digital literacies, which, you know, you're, you're upskilling yourself at this point in time. I think at this point in time, it's a great way to uh, reinvest some time into yourself, into your business. Okay, what are your systems? Um, how can you set your business up for the next, you know, three, five, ten years? through your current operations, are, are we going to make it? Are we still going to be around? Are we going to, are we going to be competing with new clients who are already online who may not have the base yet but they've already got those systems and processes? So I think overall if there's a positive to come out of this, it's, the positive is the fact that it's encouraging us, we're forcing us to, to pivot. It's a key word I think a lot of people are using to yeah, move their business to an online format or have at least have those different channels. We talk about a sales funnel, everything getting into the funnel. Generally, that's through automated emails, having, you know, so subscribing to, you know, a newsletter, signing up here, so you're building them into a database. But I think a lot of businesses are shifting 
or if not, they should be shifting into the online world so they can best prepare for what's what's coming ahead, I suppose. And, yeah, it's great yeah. to hear the fact that, yeah, you're even looking at it from a resource perspective um, to, yeah, shift your resourcing. So essentially you don't have to be at, you know, every function. You can go, here's a package or, you know, go through each of these modules and then, you know. Mm. Did you want to elaborate yeah. on that, what, how you're shifting your, yeah, print resources or your face-to-face content to the online? I think that would be a powerful tool to share as well. Yeah, so I've been uh, playing around. Uh, I, I, like you said, it uh, it has presented an opportunity. I think for me, I've, I've, it's allowed to have uh, given me a bit more time. Uh, my old business model was face to face, and it takes a lot of time. You you deliver training for you know six to eight hours a day, face to face to a class, and you're not left with a lot of time in between. So uh, it has helped with that. Having that extra time has helped me. Uh, look back into the business and creating uh, it's given me time to sort of research what works really well use things that I'm accustomed to uh, either through Binnacle with the Canvas um, software but I've also looked into Moodle as well I played around with Moodle which is another one and that's been that's the one I'm sticking with at the moment because it seems a bit more um, user-friendly to me Uh, a bit more accustomed to Moodle but just having that extra time, that extra time mm. uh, to, to be able to go through my old content and look at, well, hang on a sec, this could be better done online. I found some of the resources that I've created online have been a little bit, uh, I think, more effective uh, for uh, students, I think, as uh, as far as what they're getting as a student uh, compared to before. So uh, and it gives me a bit more structure to it. Uh, some of the sessions I deliver, I'll have a content, I'll have a subject and I'll go through that uh, somewhat in an ad lib way uh, because I've been doing it for a while. But um, yeah. this just goes back to structure again. I can reevaluate, okay, well, is this still applicable? Does this content still apply to 2020? Uh, and how might it change uh, with the pandemic and how that shifts as far as what industries might be looking for work? So, Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah, as I said, a good opportunity to look at what, yeah, what what you've been doing, and yeah, is it on industry trends? And I know we've mm. sort of come from the, probably the fitness background. You, you know, your previous line was in the fitness world. How do you see mm. that industry um, sort of bouncing back, or where do you see some opportunities? I suppose arise in that industry. Uh, I think uh, once the restrictions, the social distancing restrictions are pulled back um, when we find ourselves at the other end of it, we're going to definitely find gyms will be looking for staff pretty quickly. Uh, I, I think it's it's such a long time away at the moment that when these gyms open up again, I think there will be a, a bit of a skill shortage. Um, so uh, as far as moving forward, I think <laughs> there could be habits changed as far as consumers. So um, your typical clients will might be a little bit more accustomed to working out from home or at a distance, yep. uh, or even the ones that have taken that leap and are doing training one-on-one with cl- trainers. I think that's still, I don't know if that's still a restriction at the moment, but even so, their whole lifestyle might change around health and fitness. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes, but I think there will be, right now, there's an oversupply of people looking for work in that industry, much like the hospitality and tourism one. But uh, depending on how long this stretches out, by the time it gets to that, those people might have moved on to different careers and changed. Um, and then we might find ourselves with a skill shortage in, in fitness, um, mm. much more so than it was before things started to close. So, 
Yeah, I, I can see definitely more opportunities there and probably more trainers are shifting into the online space. It's just sort of forced their hand <laughs> a little yeah. bit more. Uh, one in particular, I've been in contact with her. She uh, been a trainer for over 20 years and she has never used social media, never had a, not even a Facebook account, a personal one. Yeah. Uh, and this has forced her to start engaging with her clients because there's no other way for her. So she's having to push herself into that space. And I think it's been a good thing for her, actually. Uh, might open up more opportunities for her, particularly when there's restrictions or we uh, pulled back. So, yeah, much yeah. more online training. Yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting industry. And I've through the work that we do at Binnacle and one of our course offerings is the Certificate 3 in Fitness. We also offer Certificate 3 in Sport and Recreation and Business and uh, so that's Certificate 3 in Business as well. And, yeah, I'm really intrigued to see, yeah, how the, the, the fitness industry comes out of this. I know, as you mentioned there, a lot of people are pivoting their business to online training. I, I think the, the, the fitness environment is very community-driven. I think the, the good mm. businesses, and I'll use F45 as an example here, it's very community-focused, very driven. We've spoken before around the use of MyZone technology and the way that, that we've just seen that shift um, into mm. you know accountability as well. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm really keen, excited. Obviously, we you know you've got some gyms, some smaller gyms, um, you know, pretty much run by one person or a couple of people. You know, they're going to struggle um, because people have had the time to change their habits. And I've been reading a book called uh, Atomic Habits um, by James Clear. I think I've mentioned it to you. I haven't got through it just yet, but it's it's yeah, it's around okay. What are your habits? What are your systems? What are your processes? Um, what, what is essentially moving your money needle forward from a business perspective? Um, but also we are aspirational. A lot of people are aspirational in the sense that we want to achieve, you know, we want to lift, you know, 100 plus on a bench press by tomorrow. And we're at the moment we're only lifting 50. Like we want to be doing, mm. we want to see great changes. And that's, you know, the fitness game. It's sometimes it's a, it's, it's a you know, the more things you do over and over again, the better you become or the fitter you become. So, mm. yeah. And, reason I get to that statement or get to that line of thinking is the fact that we've been training at home. Are we going to cancel our gym memberships because we can connect to someone for five to 10 bucks a week? We're saving mm-hmm. ourselves five to $10 a week in gym membership fees where I can train at home. I've now purchased all this equipment online through eBay, Amazon, you know, Kmart, Amart, all those online where you can sort of, you know, get dropped to your doorfront. That you've been yeah. training at home. We've gone down to the park. You, you can you signed up to Chris Hemsworth six week free trial. You know you're getting all the exercises. You know you, are you, you know you're becoming a bit of your own personal trainer. You're, you're training yourself through all these different offerings. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm keen to see whether or not our habits will shift. Are we going to shift away from, you know, th- those gym environments where sometimes those memberships used to be dormant. You know, you go for a month and, oh, you forget about it or it's too cold or it's too dark in the morning. You're not going to get up and go to the gym before work. Mm. Yeah, I'm very keen to see where our habits shift and to see, what you know, what gyms still, you know, still make it. Uh, I think, yeah, the F45, you know, they're struggling because that's solely group fitness, you know, and they don't really have those personal training sessions. So, no doubt mm. those the trainers within those environments will be really struggling. They're probably without a job at this point in time and probably seeking, you know, those job seeker payments and those, you know, financial support from the government. Um, mm. you know, but they're probably shifting in if they're fed income, they're shifting into their own if they've got their cert for and they're, you know, probably setting up a business or if they had it dormant, well now that's active again because they're trying to 
connect with maybe their clients that they had within those classes to try and yeah get some money on a day to day or you know run a one on one class in the park or whatever the legalities are. It's it's a bit grey sometimes. You see some people doing some things and you're like, should you be doing that? Should you not? Um, not for me yeah. to comment, but it's. Yeah, I think yes. They you mentioned pivot again. I think that's a way I've I've seen it through my own contacts and the friends and colleagues that I have are in that gym industry, fitness industry environment. They've had to yeah try and pick up some clients and just try and make ends meet so they can support their families, so they can pay pay rent, um, you mm. know, buy groceries, you know, pay your phone bills, all those things. I think yeah, it's forced us. There's obviously this yeah. pandemic has forced us to do things differently, just you know, to isolate at home. You know, we've seen the stock price of Netflix go up crazy because everyone's now streaming. <laughs> what, what do you do at home? You probably on Zoom too, I'd imagine. Zoom's probably <laughs> doing all right. Streaming, yeah, plug to Zoom. Yeah, I think it's yeah. it's great the tool that. But I was even chatting to a colleague of mine, Aaron Moore, who's a program manager in um, South Queensland. Um, I'd sort of manage the Southeast Queensland. We co-share that region. Like even like my schools are from Bundaberg to met north of Brisbane and we've got an office in Ipswich, we've got an office in Clayfield. Like I've even considered rather than sitting in a car and driving an hour to Fernie Grove for an hour meeting, they've got to drive an hour home. That's three hours of time. I've lost productivity. I, you know, I've probably received, mm. I've probably missed five phone calls because professionally it's on, you know, do not disturb because I'm in a conversation there. I've checked my emails. I've probably had 30, 40 emails that I've missed. Um, from teachers as well like is my time being better spent getting on a zoom call um, simply doing a screen share talking through some uh, our platform for 20 or 30 minutes and then bang I've got I've picked I've one back two and a half hours potential travel time so like that's something I've even considered post you know COVID-19 um, mm. yeah, I totally agree there's definitely some ways we can streamline things um, with with meetings definitely and I'd, be, I'd imagine I think there'd be a lot of businesses too that might reevaluate some of the things that they had in place before, uh, like their physical premises and whether or not they could work um, a bit more flexibly so people can have mm. maybe, um, you know, after this is um, over, maybe having some time to work from home more than, you know, a day a week um, and still being quite productive. So. I think that's massive as well. Like you, you throw in travel time to and from work, you probably lost two hours. I know you travel mm -hmm. when you work for Binnacle, you travel a fair way to get into the office. You know, it's yeah. probably two hours a day. You, you work from home. You're probably getting more done. Like if you have a good workspace and a good environment um, without mm -hmm. distractions, without the TV, like in my environment here, I've got, you know, I do get the road and I get Uber, Uber uh, bikes coming in and out across the neighbours. So you might hear it a little bit on the audio um, but yeah. yeah it allows me I don't have the TV there I've got sort of my workspace um, I, you know I do listen to a bit of music when I'm doing emails because that helps with my state of flow um, and those mm. types of things but like in terms of work like I'm probably getting ahead a little bit I'm more responsive to phone calls and emails because I'm just in that mindset I don't have been having having one screen uh, I'm probably limited I don't have different tabs open whereas sometimes at work i'll get a call i've got i'm currently working in a project and then you bang you back on your email so you're trying to do a job <laughs> for that particular school or teacher or, or client and then you see another three emails pop up you get to that and then you got to go back to that other screen that you had up in the top right hand corner there because you're working on that project so mm -hmm. in terms of productivity like one screen 
has its disadvantages, but from that sense, it definitely has advantages because you can just zone in on one task. Um, yeah. But obviously, yeah, yeah, then you lose the the ability. Like I don't have the functionality to stand up and down, and sometimes you know, posture wise, I get a bit hunched over because that's just the the environment that we work in. And but uh, mm. yeah. I don't know, yeah, how, I how do you do just to keep active and keep your mind fresh and not sort of feel like you're trapped in? Oh, well, I think um, breaking up the day and, and getting away from the desk, I think it's a bit easier to um, doing that from home a little bit. Yeah. Uh, mind you, I find myself <laughs> getting a little bit, even if I spend, you know, 20 minutes away from the desk, I feel a bit guilty. That's the only difference, I suppose, when you're in, in front of a in a workspace with, with your colleagues, you kind of, you, you kept accountable to that and, you, and they know that you're coming back in that time frame, but um, I definitely, um, it has to be the environment. If you if you set it up well and you've set up your environment in a, in a space that's um, free of distractions is, is a really important thing. Um, or if, if you're living with someone else or other people, then making sure that they, they respect that space or if they are working from home, they might set up their own space in a different room. So I found that recently with my wife and I, she was working from home last week and um, yeah. We basically set up offices in the other ends of the house and that worked out really well. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, so as long as we had that structure, um, it worked out great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah do, do you want to elaborate on that? or? Yeah, so I think um, it, it is difficult, particularly for the home, like people working from home at the moment, there's more of them working from home. So uh creating structure in your day is really important I've, I've even gone as far as like wearing a uniform still uh, yeah. from home i think that really helps as well that's as far as mindset yeah. um it helps me uh, put me in that space but i try to te- treat my day um just like a, a typical work day having that structure in place so knowing or at least having a, t- a Time to have a break is really important in day. Even if it is getting a little bit busy, there's no excuse not to have a little break in your day. Um, and I think once you have those structures in place, it is a little bit easier to give yourself some time to do stuff around the house as well. So um, that's probably the, another advantage from working from home is you do actually get, um, I, I find I'm getting a little bit more work done at home. <laughs> I just mm. might spend 30 minutes or 15 minutes doing something in the house, um, come back to work, go back to work and start doing it again. I'm, I'm getting more done during the day than I think I ever was before. So, yeah, I guess that's a silver lining to to uh, working from home a little bit more is um, having getting more things done around the house. But um, if I don't have a structure, for whatever reason, if I've been rushed or um, something's happened, it happened last week, I can't remember what particular sparked it, but I lost my structure in the day and it just, <laughs> for me. Day was gone, yeah. yeah. Day was gone, just sort of scrambling to get things done, lost my breaks, lost everything. Uh, I was dressed in, in PJs all day. It was just a, <laughs> just a, yeah, one of those days, I guess. Um, but that's probably another thing too is accepting that not every day is going to go to plan and then accepting it to an extent uh, and changing hopefully the next day. Yeah, and I think I'm pretty similar to you. Like I like to have structure um, and that's where I use my calendar. It's sort of like I plan out my day, what are my key tasks, I have a to-do list, sort of try and prioritise those and tick them off. And you mentioned that before you got into work uniform and this is sort of like uh, one of my uniforms, but I got on a call with a teacher yesterday and I felt implied I had to put on a binnacle shirt because I felt like I was working. 
Uh, I just yeah. had a binnacle polo one. I just I just got shorts and it's comfy wearing shorts, but they're only <laughs> seeing sort of this half. But I felt yeah. I, I was representing a business that is strong in their mm-hmm. values. I felt it was important for me to put on a binnacle polo that I was yeah in work entire, although it's not a, a normal work environment. I felt implied to yeah. Yeah, mm. definitely put on and, and wear the appropriate attire that I was if I was going to work and if this was if I was going to do a face to face, but mm. obviously through a Zoom conversation. So uh, yeah, it's crazy what what our kids will do. You know, if we see the getting back to our context of binnacle, if we see schools sort of go for that distance learning, which we are probably anticipating, we've been preparing for. You know, what's the expectation of a teacher, you know, delivering content on a Zoom platform like this? What's the expectation of a student? What, you know, I know some schools are, one school, pretty formal girl school, is saying you need to be in school uniform if you're know, oh, being, yeah. being in front of a, you know, a class lesson that someone's delivering content to you. You need to be in uniform. Mm. I don't know. I don't know how that looks um, for other schools and what the expectation is. Whether you know, you just put on a, a sports uniform, you just put on a shirt. A bit easy for a guy. You just whack on a polo and you can have your track pants on. I could be wearing nothing underneath. You wouldn't know. But yeah, um, I've just got shorts on for those listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you, as long as you t- whatever you're presenting in front of the camera is, I think an appropriate attire. That yeah, if you were to be walking the streets, you're perceived to be yeah from that particular school or whatever. I think it's maybe the most appropriate uniform to be wearing. But I know other schools probably might have um, relaxed expectations, and we work at Binnacle with a range of different schools, low socio to high end schools to Catholic to private mm. to independent to state education schools. So yeah, I, I know the feedback that I've got from schools through my dealings. Um, probably over the last two and a half weeks through conversation is, yeah, every school is handling this in a different sense. Um, they're asking teachers to prepare sometimes for 10 weeks of content to five weeks of content to even two weeks of content because there's just so un- so much uncertainty. You know, mm. you know, all the health ministers, uh, sorry, all the education ministers around the, around the state and SCOMO met yesterday and they're, they're, I think they're going to decide and release some information very soon around what happens with schools in term two. I know QCAA look, have, I think, reduced one of their external assessments. I think they've knocked it back to only three. Uh, I'm not sure how that looks for the vet sector yet. Like we're um, still working through those channels, um, obviously going through ASCA and the advice that they're passing on to us. Um, but obviously we're, the way we're approaching that at Binnacle is the fact that we're trying to, Encourage our schools to focus solely on the theoretical learning components, um, stuff that they can do um, with a little bit limited teacher direction, I suppose. Um, mm. you know, obviously, a lot of the lecture slides, the summaries, the course videos that we spend a lot of hours putting together has really paid dividends now. Um, sometimes a lot of it's just the teaching, the delivery of the teacher, and then obviously the assessment is banked um, th- through that delivery and that discussion, whereas now some of the learnings, and this is what I do. This is another positive. I do love that the fact that the learning ownership goes back on the student. You know, if yeah. they're fair dinkum and want to progress, you know, and this is where you, the next progression is onto university, are they going to change their offerings? Are they going to move away from a December to a January offering? I know that's where the conversation in Victoria is currently at and mm-hmm. around extending yeah. schools. But yeah, the ownership is now being forced onto the learner and actually onto the parents as well. So I was going to say, yeah, they, they have a lot of 
reputation there. Yeah, um, so that that's exciting, and you know, our, our parents and students are now going to appreciate hopefully their teachers more in the classroom. The amount of time and effort they spend in planning, preparing, delivering content, you know, marking, reporting, assessing all those things which happen, you know, pretty much without the, the parent or the student sort of not knowing what's going on. They just turn up, mm-hmm. have a good day, hang, get to hang out with their mates, go into different lessons and hopefully learn a couple of little things and take that away and apply that in life or apply that across various subjects. But, yeah, I'm interested to see that's another thing that I'm excited about. What, yeah, what does the, the future classroom look like? So what does the delivery look like? Are we going to be embracing technology? And I'm a big believer in technology and we need to be embracing that in the classroom. Otherwise, we're just going to be treading water because um, we need to best prepare our kids for life after school and that's, I believe, is the role of, it, of education uh, and giving them uh, a skill set in digital literacies, media, you know, technology like this, which is uh, relevant to the 21st century. We've got virtual reality, augmented reality, which are not far away. And there's, you know, Snapchat is a great version, a great example of that. Yeah, what, what does the future classroom look like? Do the other parents going to be more involved? Um, I know when I was teaching in my low socio school, the fact, you know, you, you would request 60 teachers, uh, sorry, 60 parents to come along to an interview for those kids who may be borderline and need a bit of a, a bit of an encouragement, is putting that mm. nicely. Um, <laughs> But you'd only yeah. get you'd only get three or four um, parents, and half the time one of those was actually one of you requested, and then three of them were from parents that were showing initiative or showing an interest rather in their student and seeing where their learning journey was going to go. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see where that lands. Um, I know there's going to be a, a greater greater found appreciation for teachers in the classroom and for the work that they do because a lot of that mm-hmm. will now fall back onto the parents. Um, yeah. The challenge is obviously with those year 12 students in particular but also the year 11 kids, how are those teachers going to prepare them for these, you know, assessments when they get back into school, those external exams, you know, mass literacy, numeracy, all those other subjects which then link towards, you know, obtaining 20 QCE points which is generally the outcome that schools are looking mm-hmm. for and obviously used to be OP but now it's an ATAR ranking from 0 to 100, 100 being the best. Um, yeah, how are we? And this is the first year as well. So there's a lot of uncertainties prior to this and then throwing this curveball. Yeah, how, yeah, it's crazy and this is a hypothetical. How are we going to be yeah, best supporting those kids? And do we look to extend, you know, when they finish early November or you know, year 12s normally finish and go off to schoolies, um, are we going to keep them back an extra week or two to allow them to the teacher's time to deliver curriculum so they can actually sit up proper exam and have the – the knowledge, um, I don't know what the right answer is. I know a lot of people have an opinion on this. Mm. Um, I'd, yeah, I'd be keen to probably get your opinion. What you see maybe as a bit of an outsider and haven't, yeah. What's your yeah, perspective? Well, I think, uh, like you said, the, the online um, space, any, any, as far as that um, online uh, aspects or, or educating students on online, uh, or digital literacy uh, is, is, I think, incredibly important moving forward after this. I think um, the traditional models of, of contact, uh, you know, with, with all face-to-face time will, will probably change out of this. And um, as far as uh, schools, are, it's so there's just so many unknown variables at this point in time. I wouldn't be able to say 
safely where it might go. Um, but I, I would imagine the year would have to be pushed back. I think the year will get pushed back. Uh, something will get pushed back uh, for, for the um, typical academic year for, for students. And, and you're right, I think offerings for university will have to get uh, pushed back as well, um, just because <laughs> so many uh, variables that can change in, in, a, in just an individual student's life um, through this um, just being in the home environment if the home environment's not supportive of their uh, education um, then they might struggle to actually have structure or routine in place like they might have had when they were face-to-face -face or on campus so uh, they might have lost that um, coming home to maybe an unstable um, household so uh, there's that variable to be factored in as well which we don't know how it's going to pan out um, all I know from a job seeking point of view is that there's a lot of people out of work now which means there's going to be uh, more stress in the household and, and um, unfortunately some students might have to deal with um, issues that come out of the back of that so I think you know if I if I'd have factored that in then I think that you might get extended um, for, for that reason because I, I think teachers might find it difficult and parents definitely will find it difficult uh, I think with with taking their kids, especially the year 12s. It's really difficult. Yeah. I would imagine all those assessments done, those really vital assessments done yeah. this year. So, yeah. And, yeah, the hard, the other part, hard part is like sometimes the parent has been, you know, played the role of a, an educator as well. But some of those different curriculums are so very, you know, deep learning and requires that, you know, baseline knowledge or not baseline but sometimes advanced not knowledge and understanding of a particular topic or curriculum, you know, sometimes that those parents might not have that skill set to offer that support and, you know, that guidance as well. And, yeah, you know, are the teachers, on, yeah, where does that sit, you know, getting on a face-to-face -face or Zoom like this to really, you know, are teachers going to be spending more time in front of, you know, ideally, you know, you got a classroom of 20 or 30 it's hard to get around to every, every single person, every single lesson. Um, mm. Are we going to be spending, you know, the, uh, the follow-up, you know, homework time is going to be face-to-face? -face. Are we going to be demanding, another thing, are we going to be demanding more time, more hours of our teachers, you know, to, mm. I don't know, just another. So many, yeah, there's so many variables, so many things. This is just a massive curveball this year um, and I don't think um, there have been, I mean, the people have been thinking about it and I know that people have been talking about it for sometime but it's only in small pockets so i think uh some households will thrive and they'll they'll appreciate the extra time that they have in, in contact with each other um, yeah. there'll be a lot of parents that'll definitely take that into both hands and really run with it and, and provide a really good environment for their, their students to for their kids to complete um their, their studies for the year um, but um i know that there'll probably be some parents that'll be really struggling just comprehending the assessments and the work they have to do. Like you said, they, they could be short on those skills, which is what teachers are traditionally there to do. So uh, it would be very difficult, I think, for both parties. And teachers would probably be a bit of extra time uh, in some areas, depending on the class that they have and the cohort, they might have to work a bit more with their students in this time uh, to help get them through assessments. So, um, Definitely. Yeah. And then you look at like a, a developmental phase, you're like, you know, I've got a young kid as well. Um, you know, those kids need to have those, develop those motor skills as well. Like, you know, by not going to prep, 
you know, where they generally pick up and learn a lot of those skills. Like, again, parents can have to play an additional role of the teacher, you know, of the development person who helps facilitate the growth of their person, you know, their young people as well. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's busy whilst juggling sometimes, you know, obviously people are still employed and still working and having to go yeah. into work and those types of things. Um, the beauty obviously working at home is, is, is luxury for some, but obviously some still want to go out and, you know, yeah, whatever it is, going to work or going to Woolies and, you know, be put in those stressful environments too. I know teachers that I was talking to in over the last couple of weeks, they were quite stressed and anxious around them being, you know, expected to go to work and having to deliver curriculum and the class is only, you know, one third of it full. You know, what about those other kids? You know, then then obviously they're getting instructed by their, their powers above their admin to plan for two, five, ten weeks of online learning plus whilst delivering current curriculum. Yeah, it's a crazy time. Uh, I know they're probably going to be feeling it. They're probably not going to be having a break this holidays either. I know obviously you can't do much. You've got to stay at home and that's the expectation. But, you mm. know, they're probably going to be in front of emails. They're probably going to be responding to students, going to get lessons out you know teachers are communicating with their, their kids and their students around okay what you need to be doing over the next period of time to you know look at say a binnacle course to be progressing through your course or progressing through your you know your terms worth of work <coughs> excuse me um but yeah it's it's crazy you know they're, they're not going to get a break they're going to be you know next term you know term three is generally uh, coming speaking from a teacher is the hardest term used to be QCS, a lot of pressure. You know, you can see the end of the tunnel, but it's not quite there. You know, you've got a lot of work to get through to get to end of term four and then you turn four, you feed up. But you know, April is generally a time where you spend time with family. You know, you sort of mm. wind down from term one. It's You've had your Christmas holidays, you've had your New Year's, you've got your res- New Year's resolution, you haven't stuck to it. <laughs> Generally, the case you got through term one. That's been busy because a lot of things happening in term one in schools. You're just looking for that Easter break. You're looking to you know have a beer and catch up with your friends and family. Now that doesn't exist. You go to be at home. You're boxed in. Uh, yeah, you, you know, I, I I go for a walk of an afternoon and just helps with you know my mental capacity. Just get a bit of fresh air and see a lot of people walking, which is great. And then. You know, but you don't get that further break and go to a drive and, you know, they've just shut beaches of 12 p.m. tonight, I believe, down the Gold Coast. Uh, I'm not sure what yes. they're doing at the Sunshine Coast. Is, are they shutting beaches as well? They're shutting public spaces, yeah, like because we have a lot of national park around here, so they're closing all of them off in the lead-up to Easter. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the beaches are closing off as well. Yeah, so yeah, that, like that's... Like the major ones like Caloundra. Yeah, that definitely would... It's crazy. Mm. So that, that was an outlet for people to escape, you know, whereas now our escapism has changed. You know, our escape mm. is to uh, we, we've delivered content around social media and the power of that. And I see social media in three aspects to to escape, to entertain or to educate. Well, we're now going to be glued. To, we are already glued to streaming services like Netflix, Dan, Disney Plus, Foxtel, KO Sports, you know, YouTube, so we're spending a lot of time on technology, um, mobile phones. I would hate to see my usage between you know, prior to this to now and the amount of time I'm spending on, you know, whether it's social media, just literally bored and trolling, you know, the feeds yeah. or commenting on posts or watching YouTubes or those types of things. Like you can, 
there'll definitely see a shift. And then obviously with that shift is an additional threat of cyberbullying, you know, all those other bad people that sort of, yeah, approach younger people or try to take advantage of maybe even the elderly but also the younger people as well for a financial mm. gain or benefit. So yeah. I, my advice, you've got, got to be careful when you're online consuming information, um, when you're yeah, obviously providing details and information, subscribing to newsletters and those types of things just to be careful, um, mm. being mindful and as, as a parent, just yeah, be careful what your kids are accessing and try and set some measures around, okay, still TV time and, you know, encourage them if they're old enough to, you know, go for a bike bike ride uh, just around the block for X amount of time. You know, obviously don't, don't stay clear of people, keep your social distancing, but just to get a bit of fresh air, just so they're away from their device. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I was walking uh, walking yesterday with my son and I know there's groups of kids from clearly from neighbourhood that were coming together, which is obviously against the advice. Um, it's... So I know, I know it's hard as a parent because you, you're just with them 24-7 and, you know, they're now on holidays and, yeah, just obviously you got to stay stay strong. Um, so mm-hmm. I definitely think schools will go back in, in a capacity, whether that's every kid goes back. I don't believe that will happen, but I still mm-hmm. think schools will probably be pivoting between face-to-face delivery as per – well, they finished up in the end of term one, but also distance learning. So there could be a com- there could be a classroom where you've got, like we're doing right now, zooming to people who are at home, but also mm. delivering to people in front of the kids. So it could be a mm. a both situation. The power blended. of Zoom, a blended yeah. learning environment. I reckon that that is very very um, possible. You might mm. only have a couple of kids, but also you might be streaming to two thirds of your kids online. I know Zoom, you can have up to a number of people on the screen and you can mm. mute certain people and when certain people speak, I don't know how you do it, raise your hand, turn them off. <laughs> sort of like you need a teacher aide or someone in the room or someone with a bit of technology skills to just communicate and coordinate that delivery. So yeah. whether that looks like a team teaching, I don't know, a lot of maybe different teachers in a particular year level might come together. One might do the delivery and one might do the facilitation through the online learning but also delivering the same curriculum. So that's maybe a takeaway that teachers could look at. I know schools probably be exploring that, but I see that as a valuable way to communicate with people, Mm. having a number of hands in the classroom to be able to assist that, but you also just might have to restructure some timetables to allow that to occur where the same year levels on all the same classes on at the same time to be able to deliver that. I think that could definitely work. Given that yeah, people are yeah. going to stay home, parents are going to keep kids home because they don't want kids to be potentially exposed. Um, yeah, they, 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 I think that makes a lot of sense. Having a bit of a like a almost a staggered classroom mm. where they get the opportunity to, uh, you know, have some time at home um, and do some of the theoretical components of, of yeah. the courses or training, and then the practical side where they might need some face-to-face time. They can they can move that around, but that'll yeah take some coordinating and some some good planning, which I know teachers are pretty <laughs> pretty switched on these. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, this has been fun, mate. Um, did you want to chat anything about anything else? Um, I know we've been going um, for a while. Here. Yeah, well, I, I think uh, going back on because I know with the fitness being uh, an offering for Binnacle, I definitely um, think that. It could be another opportunity. We were talking about how some people might get some uh, routines and habits where they're at home a bit more now. Mm. Um, but 
There'll also be, I forgot to mention, um, is that on the other side of the spectrum will be people that go the other direction, which is just uh, completely switch off from what they were doing, where they were. They might have been eating a bit healthier. Uh, I've, I've seen some um, some warnings coming out from uh, professionals in nutrition or dietetics that are saying that now's a good time to, or now's a very important time to keep those healthy eating habits. So um, some of those poor habits might come out a little bit more because of the added extra stress. So as far as someone that is completing some fitness training or qualification, um, there will be, I think there'll be a bit of a, um, uh, I suppose, a, an outcome from from COVID as far as a lot, might be a lot of people as well that will need to go back to the gym, <laughs> exercising and being fit again. I think there'll be a bit more of a draw uh, for those kind of services. So um, on the other side of the spectrum, because I think some people that are studying fitness at the moment might think it's a, a bit hard to see uh, where it might be um, at this state, uh, this stage in time, this stage of the year with the pandemic. But I think uh, at the end of the year or however long it takes before I return back to normality, there will be uh, a few people that will need to get back into the gym and uh, exercise again, being healthy again. So there'll be a lot of um, uh, things that will come out of just living at home and letting go a little bit of <laughs> your own yeah. health habits and things like that. So um, there'll be an opportunity there as well to, to draw on those uh, health-related services. Yeah, for um, sure. So yeah, if there's any motivation for those that are studying at the moment is to know that there's going to be a fair bit of work at the end of all of this uh, to deal with all the blowback that comes from a pandemic like this. So there'll be plenty of work, not just in fitness, but any health-related services. Um, where you're looking after someone's well-being, there'll, there'll be a bit of a blowback from the pandemic. As the nurses and doctors are feeling at the moment, um, there'll be more stress on other services that come out of this, like social services and, and um, social work and, and, of course, health and fitness when there's those uh, restrictions are lifted. So, yeah, there'll be a bit coming back. Yeah, I think you've nailed it on the head there as well. But yeah, we just it's we've got to move our habits. We've got to ensure our habits are trying to be adaptable to the situation as we can. You know, still trying mm. to exercise at home, create a, a work environment. So you sort of distancing yourself between sort of relaxation time to work time to sort of you know exercise time. I think mm. we definitely need it because it is very easy just to go to the pantry and pick up you know some junk food because it's just there. You don't have to make it, you don't have to prep it. You know, you yeah. have a couple of coffees, you just keep the, you know, the kettle running. Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, we've got to definitely look at our habits. Um, mm. Are these going to be beneficial for us or not? Um, if not, it's a good opportunity to, yeah, revisit those and trying to put in some good habits and then hopefully that, those habits, because we know habits takes 30 days to be sustainable. So you've got to work mm. on it and work on it for a period of time. And then, what, yeah, yeah, what does it look like on the other side? I think we've spoken about a heap of things that we're, we're anticipating it, what, what it could look like in a range of different sectors, so hospitality, tourism, schooling, our own personal, uh, personal ventures as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy what the other side could look like. And I think mm. I mentioned it before, I think Winston Churchill has a really good comment, like never let a crisis go to waste. And the reason I say that is because there's so many opportunities. There's so many opportunities on the the, the stock markets, um, businesses. You know, no doubt the, the, the rich are going to get richer and the poor are going to get poorer. You know, mm. big companies are going to buy it, the little little companies because they're just going to have to sell off because they can't afford to open up and reopen doors. So you know, 
I think if you can, if you've got the money, you've got the opportunity to try and, yeah, look at your opportunities, do some self-learning. There's no better time to learn, you know, maybe turn off Netflix and have a limit on how much TV you watch a day, put that into self-investment, self-learning, self-education to really prepare yourself, your business, your family up for the next five, 10, 20, 30 years or your entire lifetime. I think there's heaps, heaps of potential there. Yeah, totally agree with that. There's definitely some opportunities there. And you're right about how it's uh, for the job seekers, uh, uh, those that have lost recently lost work and are looking for work, uh, definitely have to keep those habits daily. Uh, don't get lost in the process of finding work because I know that is even before the pandemic, um, there, there's, op- there's times where opportunities just start coming your way. Uh, so the routines of, of having to exercise and um, being as healthy as possible and doing the things that you need to do every day are really important in this sort of in this period of time because um, yeah there's a bit of uncertainty around the work in certain industries so uh, and there might be a bit more of a wait in regards to finding work or even getting onto um, government support so it's very uh, important to keep those routines in place uh, in that interim while you're waiting to, to find some work so yeah totally agree in that creating a habit. Um, and yeah, limiting your time on online as far as looking at pointless things uh, needs to happen a little bit more at this point because there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of information out there, and there's a lot more opportunity to um, look at um, stuff that might not be as important or might not develop you as well sure. as it could. Yeah, awesome, mate. This has been fun. I think we've gone for an over an hour there. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. I enjoyed that. No, that was good, mate. Um, I might just end the recording here.